Good afternoon, good evening, good metal. My name's Coop and welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. This episode is so we give a continuation of what seems like a little bit of a series here of, of speaking to promoters. Um, today's episode is with uh, Ollie Gonzalez, who's kind of a, 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 an up-and-coming promoter, if you will, started out promoting, he's done a lot of shows within Wigan. And that, that sort of area for uh, and heavy metal for Wigan, and we go into that as well. He's also in the band of Tanamir, plays bass and that, obviously a huge fan of, of music and, and metal in its own right. Very much a defender of the faith, as I constantly say. And what does that mean? I keep saying that. What's actually mean? Well, it comes from Judas Priest's Defender of the Faith album, obviously, Defenders of the Faith. And it just means someone that's that's defending and, and supporting music. It just it's a really kind of like, you know, uh, I hope a galvanizing term of, of trying to get people together and, and, and kind of go, look, you know, these are the people that are holding up and supporting the, your local scene and whatever music you're into, but in particular, in particular metal music. So we sat down in very apt in, in rehearsal studios as well. So it's uh, It was like a pr- pretty perfect environment to be talking about metal. And we go into quite a few things. I could talk to Ollie for quite a few days. And I first met him, he did Metal to the Masses. And we'll go into that as well. And we talk a lot about kind of some of the issues that you face when you're, when you're a promoter and some of the elitism that we, 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 we know that exists within our, our, our genre and some of the ways we can combat that and kind of work forward and kind of utilise and work complete as a kind of every sort of facet of metal kind of works together which I've often sort of kind of uh, purported and been something that I'm, I'm, I'm hugely keen on doing and it, and it came up in the in Liverpool Metal Conference as well the next episode after this will pro- more than likely be the um, a week with as well that's a new thing that I kind of brought in after being suggested by a few people where basically I listen to uh, an album an EP or whatever for an entire week and the reason I wanted to do that is because it one of the, the other issues that were highlighted when we listened to these podcasts was that people weren't spending enough time listening to something if it wasn't good in the first like you know thirty seconds they were skipping it or whatever it is and I thought well what if I force myself to kind of really listen to a piece of music really listen to what someone's done and then talk about it and not be negative about it just talk about how what are the things I thought it did really well and the things I liked and kind of purport that as well so that's the going to be the next episode I'm really excited to do that and that was with um I've been sitting down currently I'm sitting down with um destroy planets uh, mass times gravity and obviously we'll we'll speak about that on the next uh, next show so this is my sit down with uh ollie gonzalez I, I i really enjoyed this i'm going to probably sit down with ollie again and i'll i will see you at the show probably one of uh one of uh, ollie's shows hopefully get myself to wigan and, and go and see the shows we talked about that as well so please enjoy you know, and as always you know message me if there's someone you need to speak to uh or i need to speak to i should say you need to you if you want to speak to someone raise some questions put them as well send me uh, any kind of comments anything like that so we can keep talking about these things and start knowing about shows i've recently started to meet way more people in the community now i found out shows have been going going on right underneath my nose that i wasn't even aware of and i consider myself fairly involved in the scene and i didn't even know and i think to myself how are the people who don't even are on the outside are i even going to find out so yes please as always share these podcasts with people you think might find it interesting and comments and send me messages also i'm going to be doing a playlist show again after that went really really well where I'm going to ask people to send songs to me so we can put them on there and I create a playlist show. And I'm also going to do an, um, uh, a listen-in show again as well because the one with Metallica was really, really well received. So I'll probably do that as well. So there's going to be lots of little things coming up. I really hope you enjoy them. And as always, your feedback's uh, always welcomed. So this is me sitting down with Ollie. Enjoy. Okay, so we're sitting with uh, Ollie Gonzalez. Uh, a long time coming this. We've been trying to figure it out some way uh, over the last couple of weeks of finally getting to sit, to sit down. And I've done an intro before this going through 
uh, the fantastic things that, that Ollie does. But Ollie is a, a promoter. He has his own night and he promotes metal as well as being a musician and in a band too and it seemed that there seems to be a bit of a thread running through when I'm talking to quite a lot of promoters recently so it seemed only right that I was talking to Ollie and get his perspective but uh, wow we, we managed to get some time together yeah, thanks yeah. very much all thanks for, for, for sitting down yeah, it's it's, uh, aside from the leg how's yeah. things all right yeah yeah you know things are going well with the band with the promotions yeah, yeah. so we're in um, we're in trailer park studios and it couldn't be more uh fitting i mean it's like it's down a, a dark and dingy alleyway you'd almost think you're going to get attacked and then there it is there's there's the rehearsal rooms and then i'm going and we're in the room now this is where a tanamir of which uh ollie's in that band it's like it's the smallest room i've ever seen in my <laughs> entire life room. yeah the cheapest room <laughs> and it was surrounded by uh amplification and 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 drums and 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 uh, cables strewn everywhere and pedal boards and stuff and it's fantastic you can't think of a better place where metal's going yeah the, 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 the token posters on the walls and stuff carpeting bolted to the wall to kind of condense the sound and stuff and it's fucking really tight it's fantastic um, can't be a better place to uh, to kind of have this conversation mm-hmm. so I don't know I mean where we should start because Ollie does a lot of stuff and we, we definitely need to have a section for an anime we definitely need to have a section for promoting but I think one of the interesting things, because we, we met at Metal to the Masses, and Ollie came to every fucking show, mm. um, and he was always there, and those people stand out after a while, because you're like, that I recognise that guy. <laughs> yeah, this big guy who knows every song by every band, and is always at the front giving it beans. Like, we remember those people. So we got talking, and, and, and Ollie was talking about his night that he's, he's starting up, and, and the promotion of that. And, uh, and ever since then, we've kind of been on very similar paths, to, to be fair. So... I mean, where do we start? I suppose the best thing to start with is when you first sort of got introduced to, <laughs> to, to Mother Metal, if you will. Well, I guess I'd always been interested in... Well, my dad got me into the classic rock sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, You know, The Who, um, U2, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, But remember when I was about nine or ten? Seeing El Nino, God Save Us, on Kerrang. Okay, that, that ages you straight away, yeah. in a good way, in a good way. I was in okay. year five, I remember. Yeah. And then <coughs> used to think I had dreadlocks as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's El Nino. So I'm trying to think what came up around that same time. We got Tilt Tour and well. stuff and yeah, yeah. Around that time I think of what was what was blowing up. Craig used to do, yeah, they kind of almost tried to take over from MTV mm. metal and stuff, didn't they? And tried to yeah. do that. I don't watch it. I don't know. Do, do people watch Kerrang TV and Scuzz as well? Was the other one, wasn't Scuzz, it? Scuzz, yeah. That's I don't know if people piece. watch them now. Do, is it, Scuzz doesn't exist anymore. I remember I it being, so. Yeah. So now people watch them all online, but you saw them on there and they were the mm. kind of first videos. Was it the video that kind of interested you or the, the music or a mixture of both? Or was it just the only time you could hear that shit? A bit of both, really. Yeah. I thought about it. I yeah. guess definitely the music. It's the aggression, the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like so you at nine, you were like, "That's a, that's a quite a young age to yeah. be exposed to that." You've no idea what they're singing about, and I used to make up the words. Yeah, it doesn't matter as long as you're enjoying it. Yeah. 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 So then you do. When did you go kind of go? Oh, well, actually, I quite like this. I'd like to hear more of this. Yes. Did you just really, keep listening to that channel? Was that really kind a conscious of... decision? Yes. Yeah. Escalated. Gone to the machine head. You know, kill switch engage. Yeah. Um, then 2005, Trivium, they emerged. Yeah, Trimera, well, that Light yeah, of Flies, yeah. you would have had, which was when he exploded. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which arguably was kind of like the another phase of metal. The metal core. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Machina, particularly, you know, Bear My Eyes and stuff was a, mm. was a new 
we'd had we'd had everything from all the way through to like the new wave and all that's everything we'd had that and we'd we'd had a hot this felt like a, a whole different section was starting mm. um a machine head and kill switch and stuff with one of those two of those bands at the yeah, front yeah. of that yeah so when did you when were you sort of you were watching videos and stuff and you'd watch that how else were you taking music in were you were you buying records were you listening to them online uh, where were we you still go on the hmv getting cds yeah. I still do now. HMV to some of our listeners from 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 not this from not from these waters is um, his master's voice, and that became a, a chain of of stores that that was on. They kind of went close to coming out of business, but returned because they started embracing vinyl and stuff. Mm. So, did you buy vinyl from there? Or I've never been that into it, really. To be honest, right. I've always been a CD guy. Right, right, yeah. Because yeah. one of the arguments with the the CD things was that you you don't get the full artwork because oh, well. it's small. Well, here's a counter-argument. Yeah. I've noticed, if you go to Google Play, for example, and I want to buy an album, you only get two downloads. Yeah. How many do you get on a CD? As many as you put it onto your laptop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I think for that, <clears throat> that's where it's been born out of. It's born out of convenience, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, and so when you were... What, the reason I asked that is because if you're going and buying these things, did you... Were you looking at the art album artwork? Was it a... Was it a portion of what you were doing when you were buying something or were you totally going and going I know exactly what it wants well um I remember a few years ago well I say a few years ago I was about 10 at the time <laughs> um I was what well I'm not gonna give me age away <laughs> we've had today me and my brother at the time we looked at Macedon CD we thought right hmm, that looks good the album let's get yeah. that I wasn't that keen but my brother is a massive fan of Macedon so. because of the artwork and they because they're some fabulous well they still do some fabulous artwork you that's know? our reason just for buying the album to be honest yeah 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 I do like them. I respect them, but yeah, definitely my brother's sort of thing. So he's into is he into he's into metal too, a little bit. To us, a little bit like doesn't go yeah. to the extremes I go to, but yeah. yeah. So did you? How long was it before you kind of, and what was your appetite like for 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 new music before you found a band that you really became your band? You know, I found that a lot of people when they were starting off, there was a, a one or two particular bands that became their band where mm. they would go through the whole back catalogue. And they would go through everything that band's ever done and everything that they brought out, whether they heard a note of it, they would buy. Yeah. So was your appetite large for taking in music? Were you just listening to anything you could get your hands on at this point or in that genre, I should say? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you say, talk about the back catalogue, you know, yeah. El Nino, Killswitch Engage, Trivium, mm. on and off. They're bands I can, I've got a good knowledge of. The yeah, yeah. Was there, was there a particular band that you kind of go, this this is exactly what I'm after, this this ticks all the boxes? I guess with Bill Nino again because yeah. obviously myself I'm a Spanish root. I was going to say yeah. that that that's got to play. It's got to be a, a a part of it. Like yeah, mm. yeah. That's interesting that because people don't see that sometimes. The you know the one of the things that El Nino did uh, was was bring all that like like Sepultura did when they brought the the, the things about talking about favelas and mm. and the things that were were for them and where they grew up. El Nino did the same and brought yeah. in. You, you know the religious overtones and stuff, and and brought mm. all that in, and people seem to metal sometimes get a gets a hard time of being well. It's just really heavy and aggressive, but there's actually a whole load of things going into that, like the whole of where someone comes from, the religious beliefs, uh, the you know political beliefs. It all falls into that, like you know. Well, metal's are so broad, isn't it? Mm. Let's face it, we do get some subgenres where there are people who. Right, metal just for the sake of it. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to kick your head in on the hardest, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got somebody who really put their F into the lyrics. Yeah, well, it's because they're like, I think the the ones that, it's certainly the, the greatest sort of vocal lines and they're easily the greatest sort of songwriting is by people who are trying to 
say something, trying to intimate a message. Mm. And normally if that message is world encompassing. There's there's kids. I saw I remember watching a documentary about um Maiden playing in uh, South America and there was kids singing and their soft sets like two and a half hours long and it's front to back, it's like all the classics. But yeah. there was kids at the front who probably don't speak very good English, but they were singing every line. Mm. And you're like, are they going to know what uh, Arcation Avenue is, is yeah. about? And they don't think they played that, but are they going to know what that's about? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Are they going to understand what the troupe is about? But it, it, they knew every single line. And it's all to do, I think, with um, the the delivery and the earnestness. And like you say, you could just write, you know, fuck you, fuck this, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever. But that doesn't last. Those things don't last. It's funny you mention yeah. that, because... I'm big into a band called Batushka at the moment. Okay. Don't know if you're familiar no. with those. <clears throat> I, um, well, I've got to get some controversy for this. There's basically two versions of the band right now. Okay. They had a bit of a schism. Okay. And they're basically the previous member, he's writing his own version of the band. Right. And Christoph, he's writing his version of the band. Right. Either way, they've got this idea, they've got a bit Gregorian chant in there. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, they had this, when you watch it, it's like, almost like you're in church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Slavonic church. Yeah. Um, like, know. almost like symphonic? Yeah. yeah, right, right. It's like heavy black metal, but okay. I'm trailing off. The point is... Um, <laughs> well, that's what this podcast is yeah. for. Trail away, my friend, yeah. I'm trail apart. My, <laughs> my banter there. But yeah, it's, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, for me, it's 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 the <clears> deliveries, everything, and if there's, if there's meaning and thought, like you say, when and certainly now that you write and produce yeah. music in a band, that the work that goes into it means a, a, a lot more. It's, yeah. it's, it's less than throwaway. So when... You, when did you do pick up an instrument then? I guess I would have been about 13, 14. Okay, so it's fairly quick order here. We're at 9 and 10. We're at 13 yeah, yeah. for picking an instrument. So was it because you wanted to play that music or you wanted to play an instrument or was it like a kind of mixture of all of those things? I guess I loved music. I wanted to be in the band. Right. And I just, it's quite a logical decision yeah. really to pick up bass. Makes sense, yeah. Well, no one else is playing bass. I might as well. <laughs> sort of picked up drums, but yeah, well, yeah. Drummers anyway, but it's just, yeah, it's yeah. Just, even now, and a lot older, I can't get around the noise factor. Right. I piss my neighbours off playing drums. Yeah, there's a there's that beautiful um, there's that beautiful practicality of the drums. It's mm. like load in and load out. Uh, it's like sound checking. It's all there's a lot of. You know, there's a lot of things that come with being a drummer, you mm-hmm. know, and like you say, the practicality of how quickly go on my drums to how quickly play on my bass mm-hmm. is enormous. It's much easier yeah, to do, yeah. like, you know. Um, but it's so, so well, that's a, probably the, the most obvious question. Why the bass, not the guitar? Again, just quite logical, really. It wasn't that many bassists. So it was just, yeah, okay, so you figured I'll have better chance of getting in a band and playing with other people if I play the bass? Is yeah, it, was yeah. it that, that sort of thought? Even now, like, Quite recently, I've tried playing electric guitar. I can't get the hang of it. <laughs> it just doesn't work for you. I can't really use a pick either. It's... Oh, right, so you play with fingers, Burton style, like, yeah. yeah. In fact, I got banned from using a pick in this band. Well, because of, of the attack and the noise of it. shit, playing with a pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. So you when, you, when you started playing the bass then, obviously then you go listen to the records that you're listening to then, and the bass must pop then, because now you're playing it, you must listen to that and it must show up a little bit more it's like when I was younger I couldn't recognise the bass lines I wasn't really interested or yeah it's more the vocal and the main melody yeah, and what have you yeah. as I got a bit older now I can you can pull it out a bit, a bit yeah. Yeah, yeah so who were you listening to was as the people you liked bass wise I not really it's not something even now I don't really pay too much attention to right there I wasn't don't... a one particular guy that you were like I really like you know like Cliff Burton or someone like that you know it was like a, I think that yeah, Steve Harris has got to be on there, yeah. 
I'd like I always admired sort of like Pete Steele's um, Lemmy's those who yeah vocals yeah 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 even yeah. Glenn Benton you know Die Side yeah yeah and you think like they they've kind of each one of those funny that we mention all three of those people is that they've all they all really developed their own style of bass as well mm. it wasn't the bass that you would normally you know uh, root chord type of stuff it wasn't that you yeah. know when Lemmy plays the bass he plays it through a Marshall amplifier like you know, just, yeah. there's all kinds of convention broken broke, certainly Pete you know the bass lines that he wrote dun, dun, were dun, 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 yeah it was like very different very almost like Bauhaus and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and you know so it was always very interesting so did you try to emulate any of that or did you just still go okay I want to just play what I think sounds good or was it yeah, not really emulated anyone. To be right. Honest. Did you sing as well as play the bass then? I used to be in a death metal band as a lead vocalist. Okay. What were they called? Mism. Mism. Are we yeah. spelling it M Y M I Z N? What happened to them? We. I think it was quite a mutual split, really. Just petered out as it does. I just didn't, I wasn't really feeling it. So, do, what, what was the? So, do, it's it's clear then that you wanted to kind of definitely play as a group of musicians. So, mm. when you first played with other musicians, what was that like? Did you find that you were it was it was easy to get into, or did you think you you time and you were off? That's sometimes what happens, isn't it? When a, someone who hasn't played with musicians plays mm. as a group of musicians, immediately the the, the timing's off. For example. So, I had to go into music quite late. So I was right. 25, 24 when I first joined the band. Right, right. Was that that mism? Yeah. So you? No, been... it was a different band. There. Okay. A band from Chorley. Okay. What were they called? Uh, we didn't get out of the studio. So <laughs> you sure? I think we were called Taken Away. I don't actually know to be honest. That's what took it away. <laughs> but yeah, so you, uh, you going and playing with other musicians. What did that give you? Was that was that another sort of element to everything? Of the playing. I remember the first cover we did was Sad but True. Okay. And I just remember. Looking around, seeing four of musicians and myself playing it. Yeah, it is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. So when did that go from being to do a live context then? Pardon? When did that go to being a live context? Like so, playing live. When did that happen? My first actual gig as a musician would have been February twenty eighteen. So right. About two years ago. Right, right. I was with Mism. Okay. Supporting all consumed. And oh sure. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where was that? Up in the Adelphi in Preston. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how did you find that? Then? So now you're going from playing with the group of four guys and looking around, seeing four mm. guys, and being this, to looking out and seeing a crowd and lights and sound yeah, checks yeah. and all the other. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I wasn't really nervous about the performing. It was more mm. the crowd interaction. Right. In between sets, not really knowing what to say. Like, yeah, or what to do with yourself. Where do yeah. you put your hands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I remember Metal to the Masses, actually. Yeah. Um, you might find a story amusing. You might not. Anyway. <laughs> so um, in between the set, I said, in between our song, I said, It's an honour to be on stage tonight with Valeria Autocracy. And I can't remember the fourth band. Because we're not much of an honour. And we're just laughing like, <laughs> Fuck you, I'm on stage, it's hard work. <laughs> One of the things that we and Ollie really get on with is always got an incredibly dry sense of humour as well. Like, yeah, I found it's very cl- cl- dry delivery, which is beautiful, by the way. And you should do you should do your own podcast. Oh, You're hugely exciting. knowledgeable about metal, hugely knowledgeable about metal. So then when you go from playing there and that doesn't work out and then kind of where were you then? So you, you, you're not in the band anymore and you kind of peters out and whatever. You're still playing bass and stuff mm-hmm. and obviously still listening to music. Where did you find yourself then and what was the, the thoughts? What were you going to do next? Do you mean when I left Mism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I quickly got into another well, tribute band, Killswitch Engage. Okay, so you were going to move into a Killswitch Engage tribute yeah, band? like they were one of the first bands I got into. As a okay, young makes sense to go into it. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, Killswitch Engage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
that seems like a pretty tough prospect because every single person in Killswitch Engage is a real player, you know, really mm. good, good, good player. So do you find did yourself have to hit the woodshed slightly and, and, and practice and get better or do you think you were pretty good anyway or where were you sort of... I think with, especially the tribute band, you're always yeah. being compared to, you know, mm. you're not Howard, you're not Jesse, well, believe yeah. me not, I'm a... I'm a white fat dude from the northwest of England, not Howard <laughs> Jones, you know. Yeah. Well, there's that winter weird thing. If you get there's uh, cover bands always fall into really various categories, and one of them is the the, the band that does the full nine yards. So they Come look, again. sound, everything, and it's the full thing. You know, spooky kids and that mm. type of thing. You know, all that type of thing. Then there's the band that don't look anything like the band. Shed, for example. Yeah. Great don't, band, but don't look anything like it, but play exactly like it. Then there's the the really weird acts that I've seen where they do. One half of the set is one part of the band, and then the other half of the set is the another one. And I think that's that, that, that's I just think it's fascinating. I, oh, I just it's it for me doing that. I've, I I think I've, I've said this before. I I've got no issues with, with with tribute bands. I think if you if you're unable to see, you're not able to see Marilyn Manson now. Really, for for, for he didn't tour that much. He went does quite a lot of money. So to go to see someone do an approximation of that in your local boozer, that I think that's all right. I think if that person is wildly unattainable or even not even around anymore, um, you know, I think that that's totally viable. You know what I mean? That's totally viable to see. But I think obviously some people would argue that you know, Kill Switch, for example, a good example. They do tour. You know, they mm-hmm. do tour there. Where's the, where's the need to have a tribute band to them, for example? Do you still think there's a need for that, like? I think there is one based in London, right. Engage UK. Right. And yeah, I'd say there was a need for one because well, they they've been around for so long, haven't they? Yeah. They're like the fathers of metalcore. I'm open on this. I think. I think. I, I know what I feel about it. Um, but I'm thinking. You know, we, I suppose one of the arguments that says with with cover bands is that it, it would you, are, are they taking money from that band? And I think the argument is no, they're not. It's personally, I would imagine no one's buying a ticket for them. And not going to see them if they can see mm-hmm. Killswitch Engage. I don't think that's happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I think that's probably what maybe some people think. It's like, well, I'll just just pay the money and go to see the actual act. You know. I thought it's going to be. Yeah, interesting. Like I think it's a it can can be quite contentious the mm-hmm. uh, the the, the out sort of tribute band stuff. So you playing in that? How long did you do that for? Lasted maybe nine months. Perhaps. Right. What sort of what what gigs are you playing? That are you playing with you with someone else uh, as a cover band, or was it you with three bands or whatever that are not cover bands? Or what was the setup when you'd play? Oh, that was just my primary band. If that's what you mean. Yeah. No, I mean like so when you do a show, when right. you when you actually do a show on the night, is there three support bands that are just normal metal bands or metalish bands, or or is there three cover bands, or what is it? What's the kind of setup? Pretty much that. Um, normally the tribute bands headline and. One or two original support. Bands. See, I'm down with that. Yeah. I'm down with the, the cover band that people get in because okay, well, we know all these end of heartache, we know all these songs, we know all these things. We yeah, yeah. do, but it's kind of a way of backdooring the other bands in. Mm. They, they haven't got massive release, yeah, yeah. and and no one knows them. They can kind of almost grandfather them in. So people go, okay, so I'll I'll listen to these three yeah. newer bands. You know, they've moved away from to be honest. The tribute scene, mm. and they've got some quite strong opinions on it. You know, being a promoter myself. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's Sieg, yeah. beautiful Sieg, told you, Ali, you got to do these yourself. It's, <laughs> it, it's beautiful Sieg until you become a promoter. When mm. when does that happen? Where are we then with, with becoming a promoter? About a year ago. Okay. All was engaged about a year ago. Right. Kind of fell apart. Okay. And then me and the Kilsuit Engage band, we split on quite nasty terms. Okay. I knew I wanted to still be involved in the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, you know, fuck it, I'm doing it. 
Yeah, you're just going to do it anyway. I've ran that event, you know, the Kills and Engage tribute band. Right. So I'm just going to go with it. Did you find did you find yourself doing in the in the, in the kill switch bands? Did you find yourself doing the, or what for one of a better way of explaining it, administrative duties of that? Did you find yourself doing the booking and stuff? And was that a part of what you're doing? Equal, really, to be honest. Right. That's it. I, I roll in it definitely, but yeah. it wasn't just me. It wasn't just him. It wasn't. Yeah, but did you? What the word I'm leading to with that is? Did you see that there was elements of that that you could transfer over to becoming a promoter? Then that you were like, okay. I, I know how gigs put together now. I know what's required to promote it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I can do the next t- 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 steps to get to be a promoter. I guess I learned sort of um, you know, how to actually promote a venue mm. and how to actually uh, approach promoters. Yeah. It's not as easy as it seems. It's not. Well, it's like one of the things that the promoters that I've talked to is, and I, I often want to try and do with the podcast, is explain to a young band or a band that, mm. what are these sort of faux pas that they can make and what are the you know the, the kind of the pitfalls and we'll get into that in a second yeah. so then you start you think okay i'd like to keep moving forward and keep doing something as a promoter where do you start what's your starting point do you go okay i need to find a venue uh, or what is which way did you go around and doing it well um actually i approached a labor club in uh, mm. ashton near where i live in wigan mm. not ashton the line ashton the maker field yeah and um, i thought there needs to be another venue, just somewhere to tr- you know, give it a go, just see if I can mm. establish another venue. Yeah. And sadly, it was a bit inconsistent. You know, I put about seven or eight gigs on in that particular labour club. Yeah. Some were epic, some were shite. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah um, and it's so when when you what were the some of the things that you got wrong? I suppose is that we you know we we intimated the, the some that worked, some that didn't. What did you think initially that you were like mm, probably got that wrong? Were, you I know, got this over eager really. Really like, okay. Last year I did eighteen gigs in about ten months. Wow, it's just not sustainable. Yeah, 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 that seems a lot. Yeah. yeah, you think that's what it was? It was just a, it was just doing too many. It was just that's one of the biggest reasons. One yeah. of the biggest issues. Yeah, because yeah. so, me and Matt have had uh, Matt Bennell, you know, we've yeah. talked about this. He's He's saying should have done them more regularly, but mm. I think what he's doing now is absolutely perfect. It's a fine line, isn't it? Yeah. It's a fine line because there's a, there's a question of availability and there's a question of um, of of overflooding and stuff, a mm. situation. So, you know, Matt, who was on the last show, he he, we were talking about that when he was like, I'm going to do a show every um, every month. I think every month seems seems to be the norm. Mm. And it's difficult if you have a really good show. So say you have a really good show in April and you think, well, actually, I could probably do two in March and suddenly they're not as great because it's it's finding that balance is a month, every month, every week, whatever it may be. Yeah. What is the, the balance there? Um, and it's difficult as well because you t- you're trying to judge it on on a different thing each time. And by that, I mean, you've got a gig, say like you've got a gig with four or five bands on and it does really, really well. The timing of that, and all the other factors that come into it make it difficult to go. If I do that again at that mm. same time, will it have the same result? It's it's it can't, you can't apply yeah, normal yeah. maths to it. All weird things come into play, like you know when people get paid, you know yeah. when people are off uh, holidays, when, when you know fluctuations in when festival time is, and all mm. that type of thing, and when bands are touring, all these things play into it. Did you find that then early on? You were like, actually, I've, I've, I've maybe overshot a little bit on a few things. Well, I'm gonna answer a question a bit laterally. Okay. Last year. In August, August the third, uh, that was a very quiet night. You know, um, maybe fifteen people paid in. Yeah. So it wasn't a disaster. Mm. It was quiet. Yeah. And a week later, in Bloodstock weekend, place was packed. It up nearly two hundred pound on the door. When when oh. when all the signs would have said, "Don't do it then," because it's Bloodstock weekend and every metal head will be down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put six fans on that night though. Yeah. Including you know into the fall from Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a cracking night. Yeah. Know? 
Did you was is it sometimes like especially when you're starting off absolutely maddening that you could it becomes almost unpredictable? Mm. You think that must have been tough. It's that un- I think it's the unpredictability of a promoter's life. That, that, that puts a lot of people off and makes kills a lot of people off who mm. trying to do it because they're like they can go two or three gigs where it's just not working yeah. and then several where it works. You think that's maybe some of the reasons you don't see as many people promoting? Mm. I can remember in October the fourth when I put a gig on. Mm. That's felt really shit for God shake devil to be honest. Yeah. That's felt like I let them down. Uh, you know, daybreak that's or two. Yeah. And Arcadia felt like I let them all down. It was just dreadful. Well, wasn't it was a good night, but yeah. You know, to turn out, I felt like I let them down again. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. Yeah. I think that's something that I've alluded to on a few <coughs> shows is that, um, that one of the biggest unsung heroes is the, is the promoters of live music. It's just easily one of the most unsung heroes. And the fact that, and I know Matt definitely does feel this as well, mm-hmm. is the fact that you take that personally is is horrible because mm-hmm. you feel horrible, but it's absolutely superb. I'm here to tell you, by the way, that you didn't let those bands down. If you didn't exist or that night didn't go mm. on, that would have been letting them down. Mm. Sometimes the fight isn't always that particular day. But, you know, I'm here to tell you right now that it's people like yourself, and I said this to Matt, and I said this to a few promoters I've talked to, if you don't do that, it, 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 it's, it's, nothing happens and it doesn't continue. Think about, like, you know, Cat and Park, when, when Bloodstock first started. Mm. I imagine if they go, well, actually, it's not as good as we wanted to be that one particular year. We don't get to Bloodstock. We don't get to these big important things you know uh, did lead on to that so don't yeah don't beat yourself up too much about that mm. ever because i'm here to tell you you're doing great work and everybody that listens to this will also you know I, I, i'm very keen to show uh what ollie does and we'll, we'll get into the, the promotions that you're doing now so when <laughs> you're kind of looking at this year new year now we're only in the first couple of days of this 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 new year did you take some time to sit back and go, okay, this is what I'm going to do from a promotions point of view? Did you kind of reset yourself a little bit? What was your thoughts going into this year now? I guess basically just do it less frequently. That's, yeah. that's simple. Really. So what did you want to go for? You want to go every week, every month, sorry, or every two months? Do 10 this year. Do 10, okay. So maybe you know, do three, miss one, do three, miss one, something like that. Uh-huh. And see how that plays. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you started looking for bands now? Have you got your sort of... Uh, you know, a nucleus of where you what you want, sort of kind of who you wanna Yeah, I've got I've got my naughty list, I've got my <laughs> yeah. yeah. Got so my what, list. what are you, what are you looking for when you when ultimately when you when you want to book a band for the night? So is it is it first and foremost you have to like them? You have to think they're good? Not necessarily. I mean there's a business element to it. Mm. I, mean, I don't try to run it like a business, you know, I don't make profit, but yeah. you know, for the boulevard that's the main venue now. Yeah. You need to justify and let me put these gigs on so yeah they need to be able to you know raise the you know bar uh, mm. bar sales so there's that element to it i think generally he provides value to myself the band and the mm. scene in general yeah and arcadia i've got to give them a mention yeah I mean, i'm going to try and get an arcade on the, the next playlist as well because i really like some of the stuff that they're doing as well I remember the drummer ryan he messaged me about a few months ago i'll say about nine months ago yeah so there's any chance we can get a gig? You know, a lot more diplomatically, but yeah, yeah. I was like, In short, I don't really yeah. know, to be honest. Next thing you know, you used one of my gigs. I was like, you drove from Leeds to speak to me. I'm, I'm just me. I love that. He's been here that many times, you know. Yeah. yeah. From Leeds, he's got he's got a kid, but he can still find childcare. Yeah, he still gets it done. Like yeah, it's kind of bands I want. You know, yeah. People who are willing to drive seventy miles for a gig. Yeah. Just yeah. What you think that's, you think that's missing? You think there's maybe some newer bands coming through and younger bands coming through, or like. What we've got to travel seventy miles. 
You think that that's the, the, the is that is that does that exist still? Sounds controversial, but yeah, I think there are some lazy cunts in the scene. Well, we know. Look, honest. I've I've, I've yeah. sung this song before about there being some lazy people who won't travel to a show. Mm. It's like what the show's not next door to me house. No, it's not. You have to get it. You're gonna have to plan it, and it's gonna take a little bit of time to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And go, oh, I'm not gonna. I'll stream it or watch it on. You have to go to Manchester to watch a gig at the MEN. Why can't you? Get a bus to your local, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I definitely think that's a problem. I was hundred percent at the metal conference. One of the things we talked about is the, you know, people like there's not enough venues, and I was like, there's a ton of venues. You, what you've got to change is where you're willing to go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like in in Liverpool and Wigan. You know, it's not that far. It's like what in a car journey from Liverpool to an hour less. Thirty minutes on the train, two yeah. minutes to the venue. So. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we need to. I think we 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 definitely need to break these barriers down. A little bit of people going. It's too far. Wigan's another country. It's like it's like going to Wales. It's just not. That's just. It's just not true. So when you were in, if say I'm say I'm a band now that you've not heard of, and off the back of this, this podcast, you will have bands listening to this. How do they approach you then? What do what do you, what do you what's the best way to speak to you about doing uh, a show? Just come to me and speak to me. Simple as. Yeah. At one of my gigs, you know, one of Tanimir's gigs, or yeah, because. I've had a few people this week, in fact. In fact, someone this morning sent me a blatantly copy and paste message. Yeah, it's the impersonality of that, yeah. I was looking at it, I was quite angry, to be honest. Like, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't do that if you were applying for a job, would you? I mean, I'm not saying coming to my gigs like trying to get a job, you know, but. Yeah. You know what I mean? You wouldn't, why would you do that? This yeah. thinking, I'm kind of looking at it and think, yeah. It's so impersonal, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, a, you know, it's like if you had a, if this room was filled with 12. Put twelve bands, mm. and I came in and said your band's the best band in the northwest. And I went to the next person and said your band's the best band in the northwest. Yeah. By the time I get to the eighth person and say yeah, yeah, yeah. no one's going to care, that's the physical embodiment of a copy and paste thing. You, you know, rather you like you said, you know, one of the guys sent you the message there, um, and I'm sure that wasn't impersonal. To, so you look and do you need to send you a link to the band? Are you listening? Are you looking for <laughs> tracks, or is it just what? What is exactly you're after? They're going to approach you via the internet, if you will. Mm. Say it's a band who, 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 who are from London or Wales or... No, Wales isn't too far to go. Or Scotland. Somewhere where it, it, it might not be easiest to get to you, but they still want to come down. Like, I don't know if this really counts, but... Um, I don't know. I played on you know, the Alma Showcase in October. Yeah. I got speaking to the vocalist from Iron Alter. Right. Up in Edinburgh, Scotland. Mm. And, yeah, he's basically doing the exact same thing we're doing up in there. Yeah. Hellraiser, I think it's called. Okay. So people like that want, you know, yeah. doing things for the scene, trying to grow the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People think as well, and it always, it always it made, it was, was strange to me with the people who think this, is did they think that you can only perform one job within the scene? Mm-hmm. So I am the drummer for this band, okay? Well, you can also be a promoter, just so you know. You can also, graphic, yeah, you can also, and, and these, and the people that do well and, and I think are really benefiting the scene are the people that do that. Go, okay, well, yeah, I, I'm, I'll do the merch. I do merch, by the way, as well, and I, and, and I can do the sound for you on your show. And, and what happens is then, once this kind of, these people all kind of get together, like you say, people talk to people from Scotland <clears> and that network sort of happens, you find that, that there's a, this wonderful, camaraderie of, of people who get together and at a show they go oh so and so you know, he's, mm. he's great at doing that he can do that for you but, and it works out and I think I've seen it recently in metal it seems to be getting better a little bit better mm. you could probably answer this better than I could but it seems to be getting better for sharing equipment sharing breakables for a drum set yeah, yeah. it seems to be getting a little bit better as people realise that if you're a dickhead and you turn up with none of your equipment and trash someone else's equipment you know what I mean then you're not going to get asked 
Ashback. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. that's getting. I think that's there now. I think the, that's one of the, the the pluses that the internet's give us. I don't know. Is it still a problem? I mean, there's an interesting one about gig etiquette. Yeah. I mean, how long is a band supposed to stay at the gig for? Mm. Did this turn up or just leave immediately after the set or did yeah. have to stay for the whole thing? Yeah. I tell you what. I tell you what. Let Let's sort that out right yeah. the fuck now. I will create some rules, and if anybody likes these rules, replace them or whatever you want to do, <coughs> but um, or add to them, or if you disagree with them, say that as well. But okay, so how long should it be before a band gets to the show? So say I'm I play in your show and I'm on at nine o'clock. What time mm. would you expect me to get to a show for? I remember playing for you know, John Badger's show. Yeah, so yeah. Badger Festival stuff. Set. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for the Armour showcase. Yeah. So I'd get there two hours before you set. So that's a general guideline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you're turning up an hour before you set expecting a sound check, out the doors mm. are opened as well, you're, you're out of your fucking mind. I remember the last old era did just before Christmas, all mm. over Christmas. I was sick. First band on, stayed for the whole thing. Yeah. Anacadia, they stayed for the whole thing. Destroyed Planet, stayed for the whole thing. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing then. So yeah. once you've played, and I tell you what pisses me off, is a band that takes the stuff after they played and goes, mm. they, that's, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. I mean, myself and Ryan, we know a band. We're not going to name and shame. But yeah, it's not about that, but that. yeah. Yeah, but and that's not acceptable. One, one because you're A, you remove... I've seen patterns take stuff off stage while another band's been on. And if that was me, and it had been in my day when I was playing in a band, I would have probably used my guitar as a weapon. Mm. And that's the bottom line. And, and I think it's just out of a respect. Like I used to watch bands sound check. Even let alone the set, I used to watch them sound check and, and just so I could hear what they were doing and yeah. see what was going on, especially if I hadn't heard them. So, you know, if you are the first band on, you should be staying till the last band. I don't mind if the last note and then you've gone, but from a business point of view, it's poor, right? And I, this is the way where I'm coming from it. So, let me, if you're listening to this, let me apply to you from a business standpoint. Then, mm. if you play in a show and then fucking go there and then pack up your stuff and go before the end or whatever. Mm-hmm. You miss probably one of the most vital points of that show apart from playing to the fans. And that is networking. the network and be fine. I was always told by a good friend of mine, John, if you're not networking is better than not working. And he meant that sometimes you're not doing anything Get yourself out there, start talking to people, start shaking hands and making friends. Like, would we be here now if I hadn't come to that gig? <laughs> exactly, ex- exactly. And then from that, now we, 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 we which we'll get on to, we're talking about, we'll talk about Atanamia and all that type of thing. And then Metal to the Masses is coming up as well again. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole load of things that came from that. So if you're playing in a band, you fuck off midway through a set. And uh, and don't talk to those fans. You're missing all that opportunity to talk to those people, engage and talk to your fans, talk to people. What, what's going on? Did you like that song? Yeah. I didn't like that song. Oh, I can't buy your CD, or uh, I can't. I don't know how to log into this. And when you you know you miss all that interaction, mm. that frankly cannot be done online. It can't. You can't do it's that online. It, yeah. It's too exactly. It's too impersonal. So the other thing is that is at the that most of that happens at the end of the show. Yeah. If, if I'm honest right, with you, most yeah. of that most of that happens then. Once everything's packed up and we can have a beer and we've loaded everything up and you can bit. have a talk. I thought about being a promoter. See, so yeah, I'm just really happy and buzzing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, this is great. We should do it again. Yeah, yeah, and and I think they're the best. They're the best ones, and I think people are warming to that. Mm. They're, they're, I see that when I go to shows now. Um, I see people going, you know. Uh, t- t- I see band like yourself. I see bands watching other bands. Mm. Beautiful. I, I think that I think that, that that's that really makes me happy. That like you know really does, and I think Good that that's going to be yeah. It, yeah. That these are the rules that we need to set in place because there are going to be some younger 
bands coming through who don't know these things because no one's ever told them and they need to take heed that this is significant stuff that can affect you like say you get, you get a naughty list you get people you don't want to work with again and you get people that you that you go well I'm never having them on a show again and that 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 does carry on people remember that type of type of behaviour you know so again um, myself and like some Matt and Ryan or James Bennett we're we try to share these good bands and say oh don't book them or all these calls yeah. everybody like their attitude book them yeah. Yeah, well, like I say, Matt was like, you know, Matt would book bands that he really liked to hear. Yeah. And then he said that when he turned up, they were lovely people as well. And he said that just meant that the next time I was booking them, I was kind of almost, well, I know it's going to win because they're great to work with and stuff. And the same, I suppose, can be transposed to to, to sound guys and merch people and, mm-hmm. and people who do the door. And it can all be kind of, you know, it, it, it transmutes to all of that, I think. And I think that that's, that's what's really going to... Um, be one of the pillars that, that that keeps the scene going. Yeah. Not just going to a show, which you fucking should do anyway, but going to a show. But the people that put the show on as well have to understand mm-hmm. that if they treat it disposably, that it will be seen as disposal. Mm-hmm. If they take a whole bunch of people with, they take five people with them to the show to watch their band, and those people fuck off after that they've played, which we know goes yeah. on. You're a fucking dick. You you should be watching. You know, I always say, and and the way I've always done it, so I give most bands about three songs. I'll watch your band. If I've never heard you before, I'll watch you for three songs. If I like those songs, I'll keep watching it. If I like all the songs, I'll, mm. I'll tell you afterwards. If I really, really like it, I'll buy some shit from you. That's it. Simple deal. If I don't like it after three songs, I'll just it's make right. my way to the back of the room and I'll wait till the next band comes on. I won't go crazy because I'll be like, okay, well, this isn't for me. I'll be over there. I won't reduce the numbers for a picture or a video they might be filming. I won't give them any kind of shit. I won't fuck off outside to look at my phone or any, do any of that shit. I'll, I'll just retire to the back of the room and it works. Are you seeing an improvement in, in people when they go to a show of kind of like their attitudes and stuff? Are you seeing, a, are you seeing that go backwards? Where are we when, uh, with shows now, how they're, how they're seen? Well, um, I know things like that still happen. Mm. I don't really know what we else could do to stop. You know, mm. Like the hometown crowd, how do they stop their fans from going? Yeah. Leaving. Um, I think the bands is a bit more... The musicians, they should know better, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, and I remember Matt came to one of our shows in July. Mm. He gave me a lot of recommendations, which I took on board. That's interesting, yeah. Basically, you... don't feel I've been to the boulevard, but... Yeah, yeah. Basically, um, what happens is some people go into the corner of one of the rooms mm. in the, the live room, from the, a good 50 yards away from the band. Yeah, yeah. So basically start blocking that off with chairs and yeah. encourage bands to put the gear there. So basically yeah. cutting off the room, quarter yeah. of the room. Well, they used to choice. do that in... Um, like heebie-jeebies, like they do. Yeah, where was it? There was a venue we used to go to, and they literally, sort of simply, put a black curtain across the other part of the room. Zanzibar? Like I don't know if it's Zanzibar, I don't think so. Man, the point being yeah. is, they put the black curtain across the, the room and, and cut it up, so everybody kind of moved in, and it, and it helped mm. everything. You know, if you're sitting in a cinema with... Uh, there's me and you, and we're sitting watching a comedy, and just, like, ten seats over there's someone else watching a comedy mm. and we're all laughing occasionally because it's quite funny that's great but if the whole place was full and it's and you watch the laughter go up and I'll yeah. write you watch it go up the same's for metal it's the same thing it's a, I said this at the, the Metal to the Masters it's contact sport yeah. it looks better and it feels better when there's people huddled together and it's sweaty mm-hmm. and it's kind of that's great that's why I kind of love I love the jacaranda downstairs now they're doing shows there it's and it's I don't know <laughs> what could you fit maybe 50, 60 people in there at best yeah, I think right, I yeah. think that's a, that's perfect because it's you and the band nothing else in the way there's no security bars there's no bullshit mm. it's you and the band 
and it's there and you 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 have to watch it you have to take it in otherwise fuck off you know you t- you have to take it in did you find so you, so you did you mess with that and then in the boulevard with the kind of the ge- ge- geography of the place you're like okay where do people sit and you must have been assessing much, it yeah, yeah. I noticed on the CCTV Why okay. that? I explained that I love that you sit on the CCTV going hmm yeah like I'm piecing that together well, no, I mean the staff uh, yeah I've noticed on CCTV you're doing that yeah I didn't have an issue with it but yeah, just be curious if anything. Yeah, you just kind of mess with it till it works. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. So now, you you promote, and then did you see Atanamia first? Then or did you hear them first? You saw them first. I saw them about two years ago. When okay. There's you know Melt to the Masses, twenty eighteen. Yeah. Then uh, I booked them a few times, twice. You know to play for, you know in Wigan. Mm. Then my tech had to invite me to be a guitarist. But I was like, I can't play guitar. I was like, oh fair enough. Yeah. I don't fancy being bassist. Fernando's going to go on guitar. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, that's our mutual friend, uh, you know, and, and he, um, we, we got, I'll have to get him on the show because mm. uh, he's, he's, you could cut him in half and it'll just be metal. Uh, it's as simple as that. Like, you know, it's uh, very much a kind of a supporter of the scene. So when you kind of, you go, you go, okay, I'm going to play guitar now. I'm previously played bass and I didn't quite like guitar, but now you're moving to guitar. Mm. What did you do? Did you go, okay, I'm going to have to sit down here and rewire myself a little bit? I was trying to play guitar. I didn't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> so Fernando moved to, you know, he was the bassist. Yeah. So he moved to guitar. Yeah. Uh, he's no longer with us now. Yeah. Um, I'll say it like he's dead. He's yeah, just no, he's just, he's just got on to do something else, by the way, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, played bass. You can see my gear right there. And off you go. So did you, did you, were you brought on to kind of, it's a permanent position, I assume. This is it now. You, yeah. You've joined the band. Okay, so you initially had to learn, so what, how many songs? Four or five. Because he only just had like a, an EP worth or so, didn't he? Or Yeah, there was, about, um, there was one that wasn't hadn't been released. Yet, right. So, yeah, we're only the five songs. Set. And now you're fully in kind of the writing and stuff. Yeah. You, uh, so wh- where are we with the band? At which, uh, which stage now? Are we at the end of the writing cycle? Are we going to record? Starting one now. Okay, so you're starting a writing cycle now yeah. to with the views to an album? or. So. Trying to decide this, um, yeah. don't give too much away, but no, 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 sure. Yeah, um, we've been working on material. Mm. And... It's an interesting time to release anything, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you like do a release one song and do like playthrough yeah. videos and lyric videos and whatever. Yeah, do a release as an EP, do it as, do it as a concept, do, it, do a full length thing, do we do it as a Kickstarter backing? There's many avenues now, do you, mm. and I assume you, you, you're looking at all of those sort of. I mean, do you throw like 10 songs at once, or do, mm. you do a drip feed, or yeah. I think we've got to think about what we haven't got. You know, we've got a lyric video, got That's an official video, we've got an EP. Yeah. What what haven't we got? Right. Thinking, same approach to our right now music as well. Yeah. Think, oh, we've got a you know groovy bit. We've got a clean bit. We've got a you know death metal. You know, yeah, yeah, trying yeah. To think, you know, can we go across the whole spectrum? Yeah, and you must have as well. It's interesting because I'm thinking, and bear with me on this for it's a really clunky analogy. And um, you're watching or getting looking at CCTV footage of you moving things around to make the show better. Mm. When you play on bass in a band, are you thinking the same thing but with music? So you're thinking, actually, if we do this part, that's going to get people, that'll get people clapping early on. Oh, or that. Yeah. Do you think about that? I try to think about my stage presence. Right. 
I, I can't stand the bands who stand there upright and a bottle upright, knees together, you know, looking at the instrument as they're playing. Do you I think want be, you, you want to see some stagecraft? Yeah. I want, I want to be bass crabbing. I want to be thrashing. <laughs> I, want to, I want to scream. No, it's like Levy says. If you you know you should you, you if you're going to be a rock star, people come to see a, a rock star. People come to see a band. You mm. know, and, and I, listen, I'm cool with people wearing the street clothes. You know, the Talica did and mm. Slayer did. That's all good. But I do want to see. I want to see that you care. I don't mind what you do, but I do want to see that you care. In general, we try to. It doesn't always work out. We try mm. to wear camel shorts when we play. Okay. That's more of a comfort thing for me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We tried to coordinate. It never really works. <laughs> like me and Magic nearly wore the same Chrysler shirt to a gig once. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> That's to make sure. Mark, are you wearing that shirt tonight? Yeah. I'm going to risk it. I love that. I love yeah. that. That's a conversation that goes on. interesting point now. I don't know if you've noticed some of the photos of me lately. But mm-hmm. Like I wore a Defy t shirt, a Bicep yes. t shirt, a yes. you know, Devil's Henchman. Yes. I want to wear local band t shirts when I'm on stage. Right. I, mean, I don't. I'm not going to fuck about Metallica or those big bands. Yeah, well, the work, some would... Yeah. Are, let, let's think about that for a second. Why is someone wearing a band T-shirt on stage? Now, we know off stage why we're doing that, because if you're wearing a, a Slayer top or whatever, well, okay, well, that's your band and that's cool and brilliant. On stage is a different thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because that picture and the video and whatever exactly. goes round everywhere. Now, there's an opportunity there. So if I put a T-shirt on that says Metallica... What am I? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I mean, I don't know if I if I'm thinking too much of that because I remember being at one, um, at Metal to the Masters one, and I was wearing a Steve Vai top, Mm. so he doesn't need any more promotion. But the reason I chose that was because I think Maru were playing that night, and I was like, I need something at least that looks a little bit death metal, visually. I don't care Mm. if it says like you know. Uh, you know, uh, arbitrary or whatever the fuck or whatever it may be, but I just need to look death metal. And then it was only when I saw Steve Vibe, but I was like, it's a guitar guy, is anybody gonna get that? But no, everybody else was like, oh, that's a pretty cool t shirt. I know, oh, it's Steve Vibe, and it's but I don't know how much thought goes into that. But I think you're right, I think you need to use it in the same way that you're playing music, is you're putting forward, who's that? What's that band? I'll share an analogy with you. Okay. Um, I went to an Amarna Marth gig about two months ago. Mm. And I got to talk to Phil Doolan, you know, Joe Doolan from Devil's Head. Yeah, yeah. And we got to talk, he's like, oh, you're right, that sort of thing. He unzips his jacket, a Tanime t shirt. I love it. It's like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, God, I, I love it. it. I couldn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, because it means so much. You're almost, much. yeah. You like, well, that's it. Did it mean so much? I remember. Uh, Kirk from Crowbar, he put a, a band that was working with t shirts on to do the show. Mm. And it helped everything. It helped the clicks and all the social media stuff and all that bollocks. Mm-hmm. That band still talk about it now. That's how much that meant to mm-hmm. them. Now that's Kirk from, from Crowbar. Okay, yeah, that's that. But yeah, you say, what does it... It's saying so much. What am I saying? I'm saying this. I'm saying if you're in a local it, yeah. band, you are fairly duty-bound. It's certainly the, 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 the cool thing to do is to buy an, a T-shirt of a local band that you like, that you want people to hear, and mm-hmm. wear that on stage. I think that's cool. In fact, I'll open up I'll have this up to the, to the to the entire listeners here. The next time on sta- I'm on stage and I uh, and I am wearing a t shirt, uh, get me a t shirt. Just grab me a t shirt and I'll put it on or whatever. If I don't own one already, or if I'm not in one already, because I'll help. Op- more than open to wear, to wearing a t shirt. You should be doing, and you should wear it because you think the band's fucking good. Mm-hmm. That's it ultimately. But it does, yeah. I think it really helps. I think it makes a difference, especially it's something like a. A battle of the bands. I think that's very telling. If you, that's a cool thing to do. That if you wear a band mm. or another T-shirt in a battle of the bands, what are you saying? What are you essentially? What you are is the front line of a battle, with all these factions c- 
cavalry, uh, you know, all, <coughs> all this, but you're all kind of on the same side. You are fighting that way, but you are yeah, all... I was going to say, it's interesting on that, because yeah. some would argue that's creating a schism in the scene. You know, right. Do we really want that? Right, do we really want another band supporting I mean, another band? Do, or? do we really want that kind of, you know, you got your Devil's Henchman, it's anime, pod, you got your yeah. Daybreaker pod, whatever. Yeah. Do you really want that, or do you want, I'm just, in a battle of the bands context, or mm. it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. People criticise metal to the masses for that reason. Yeah, the thing is a bit too competitive. It's the, the, it well, takes the fun away from it's, metal. It's difficult. Yeah, that there's a competitive element, yeah. and I've I've had this conversation a few times. Some some people at the show raised it with me, and I was like, it's it's like what they call democracy. So um, the way we have a democratic system. Um, it's not the best, but it's the best we've got. Mm. So I think, yeah, I think it's you know, some of the things you say completely valid is that the Battle of the Bands it adds a competitive element mm. to that. There is a winner and there is a, a loser in inverted commas. Yeah. Um, I would say that it doesn't lean onto that too much because obviously there's a winner and there's a, there's a runner-up. I think ultimately, as cliche as it sounds, I still think everybody wins. I don't think it creates as much of a schism that we need to go. Okay, that's there's a problem. My view, yeah, I, no, view. this is an open talk about you know how I don't think it necessarily does, but I think there are schisms. I talked about the metal conference. Mm. There are schisms in in, 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 in metal, yeah, sort of and it tends to be more genre genre based and style based than event based. Mm. You know, it tends to be there. Um, I don't know. Have you have you found that? Have you found the oh, kind of? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard some people say I won't listen to any band of core in the genre. I think Fuck that's off. just incredible, isn't it? You know, you think, like, we go all the way back to talking about Machine Head. Well, they brought stuff in from, like, the Cro-Mags and Punk and stuff, in, and, 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 and enriched metal. You know, uh, you, think, you think about Motorhead. Well, Punks and, and Rockers and Metalheads can all love them. You know, even though, yeah. by the, by his definition, we play rock and roll, you know. If you if you start going, I'm got no good... If, you, if your opening line is, I'm not listening to something because... You've got to really question what that is, unless it's something you know particularly deep. It's if you're going, it's like people who go, "I only drive this style of car," or "I only like this type of thing," or "this type of movie." It's like, or, or you know, I only prefer people with this coloured hair or whatever it may be. It's like you're just immediately putting blinkers on just because a band. If you hear of a band and they've introduced, you know, I don't Death know, call, metal special call. Uh, special effects sounds. 80 special effects sounds and they've integrated actually I quite like to hear that within a metal band I want to hear that like you were saying before Gregorian chants some guys brought some Gregorian chants yeah, yeah, well you know I, I don't I'm not a fan of Gregorian chants I'm not, it's, I don't have many CDs but I, I want to hear it and, it and if I don't like it okay I'll just move to something I do that but to, to say like you know I don't like it because there's core elements in or I don't like it because there's black metal elements in or whatever mm. it's just fucking ridiculous because otherwise it's self-defeating if you don't, if you're sitting there going, there's nothing good in you coming out in metal. There's not, there hasn't been anything great done since well. venues then. Fucking, you're telling me. So it's like, if you're saying that, and then in the same breath saying, but I'm not going to listen to these people who are trying to inject and bring new things in it, you're a fucking idiot. You're an idiot. Because you're going, okay, I want to hear new stuff. Well, to get new stuff, they have to start in small venues and work the craft, and they have to bring new elements in and bring stuff in to personify what they want to say, and then you get these new things. Yeah. You know, we don't we don't get Metallica without those other things coming forward. We don't get those bands that you know and love. We don't get the next headliner of Bloodstock without doing these things and mixing some of these elements up, like, you know. Here's a question then. Um, I mean, there's some bands who like to play homage to the, the, the 
heroes. Yeah. Yeah, Matchoke is a massive, you know, black label society fan. Huge label for label yeah, fan, yeah. Pantera. So yeah. I think for our music we, we try to incorporate those elements in yeah. almost not so just try and reinvent the wheel, but to yeah. go back in time. Well it should as a musician myself, it should always be this you should play what you like to hear. Yeah. And if that's your favourite band's Pantera, well, I know what roughly if you're a guitar player, I know the world you're gonna be in. Mm. That doesn't mean that's where you start your journey. It's not where you end it. Mm-hmm. It's where you start that playing. Darren Bagdarrell's a huge Ace Freely fan, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he play, was playing Cold Gin a long time before he was playing anything resembling like Into the Void by Sabbath. Yeah. I'm sure he was playing those things. He's a big fan of like Ted Nugent and stuff and crazy stuff like that, and and, and other players like Randy Rhodes. A big fan of Randy Rhodes, right. and, and you now you know that you can hear that he didn't start playing uh you know playing primal concrete sledge that's not how it started but that's where it got to the only way it gets to that end result is if you you explore those things so you like you say tan me okay well we like black label and we like sepultura and we like these things let's let's mm. put them all together and what happens is you put it all in a pot and you start mixing it some point some of your blood and sweat and tears goes in that pot as well and when it finally comes out it is a bit of pantera it is a bit of zach wilds playing it is a bit of but it ultimately comes out as you as a tanime. Yeah, That's so how it should work. So not necessarily creating something brand new. But no, no, not at all. Us and again, playing that more traditional feel. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that that's it? If people go, if this doesn't look, if this doesn't sound completely different to the, to, to to what's what's out there, I don't want to know, and it doesn't stand out. Do you think people have have got a an, a, a a laziness to maybe sit and actually unpack an album, unpack a song, and listen to it a few times to get it? I know someone said to me look, they're not pushing themselves hard enough they're not, they're not yeah. trying anything new so yeah. if that answers your question that kind of attitude again I don't well, I, too keen on what, what, one word if you will ACDC Slayer yeah. you know what I mean and, that, and that's well that's interesting with this has come up before people like ACDC it's the same song got the same band it, it isn't ACDC doing um, flick of a switch and for those about to rock it's a different ACDC mm. to doing uh, you know back in black and then uh, let the be it's a different ACDC and you can hear it's different like Razor's Edge is almost experimental for them chanting and stuff yeah. and it's different same with Slayer yeah people you know Show No Mercy is an entirely different record from uh, Rain and Blood it's, mm. it, 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 it goes in a different way but I think people go, oh, it's, it's just, just paint that with that one brush, you know what I mean? And I think the, that, that, that harms the scene and it harms the growth of it because it leads back, like I say, to where's the next, where's the next headliner for, for download mm-hmm. and Bloodstock and these festivals? Where's the next headline? Everybody's always complaining. Mm-hmm. You, where are they coming from? Well, we have to look at the starting point here. Yeah. And, that, and I, I think like bands like yourself, like Atanamir, are those starting starting points you know mm. um, is that, is that a, do you think that's one of the ways that the, the, the scene can become more interesting as people kind of should open themselves up a little bit more repeated listening to stuff and things you mentioned you know headliners for download mm. I think I'm going off a bit lateral here but mm-hmm. I think I've always I think I'm more of a bloodstock person because you have got that new blood stage. yeah I tend to lead to the bloodstock look yeah. at the Sophie stage this year those mm. like of boss colloid which yep. stripper yeah, and the big bands were not like as big as. Not disrespect to them, but not well, sort of boss, 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 Kilo, like I adore yeah. who I adore, and um, the, the common effect of teeth. Like way back when, I watched yeah. them in the Zanzi when they were a band growing, mm. a band playing to maybe I don't know forty, fifty, sixty people, 
figuring out what it was that they had, making the changes, yeah. and that's when you get to to you know melted on the inch and that's where you get to those those things because they started that thing and they're blowing up and rightly so you know and bloodstock and i believe again bloodstock there one of the festivals that are doing mortar sort of grow this grassroots yeah again, yeah the Jägermeister stage as well yeah yeah well i mean you, you only have to like Cy hall is in a band you know these people are when they're not doing bloodstock they're they're still metal people you know, one of the arguments that the, the download often gets leveled against it is it's not that. I've it's got my it's on download. yeah. Well, it's you know, it's I know I know it's it's not a it's it's a it's a really difficult thing for for copying. I think because it's so big now, it's almost unwieldy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's almost because you've got to tick certain boxes no matter what. You know, and as much as that, that I'm, I'm I agree with yourself. I'm more. Bloodstock than I am download. I've been to many of them many, many times. It is that you there are some good things happening at download. Some of the whenever I go to the there, I very rarely watch the, the main stages because I've seen a lot of these bands. Yeah. I find myself at the tents and for those bands, and for some bands, it can be very, very useful and very, very good because they're going to be you do have the chance to play to people who've never even heard you. And I think there is a possibility of that, but I think with Bloodstock, especially with the proximity of all the tents, you think where the main stage is, if you look at the main stage to your left. Is where the 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 the, the Meltzer Masters winners will play there. To the right is kind of the the Sophie to kind of it's very close and and I, and I've seen people make those sort of journeys going mm. from it's very kind of you know moving from one stage right. to the other. It does work and I think that if Download wants to to be to I, don't, I think maybe some would argue they're even past this point, but in order for them to kind of regain that that sort of it is about the music and not about the money. Um, they the need to adopt the, yeah they need to adopt the things that like Hellfest and Vakken have you know Vakken's like for me is still the man um, right. you know because it's it's very much I, I feel like it's bloodstock at Vakken except Vakken's just bit even bigger still but they've managed to do that thing where it's massive over longer days they, they have the big headliners but they balance it out beautifully is that you can see some very very avant-garde acts there and all mm. and they seem to have managed it really beautifully for me it's a good example of where bloodstock can go because people are always like is there too many people now bloodstock has it reached its cap or whatever mm. the hell it is you know where, where it reached and i think vacan is a very good example hellfest is as well you know when you look at hellfest yes they've got the big you know marquee acts but underneath there is an enormous amount i don't know if hellfest or um <clears throat> Oh, if I can do a, a, a kind of a, a metal to the masses thing, because that's interesting. I need to look into that to see if they do do that. Right. But the point I'm ultimately making is that um, I think it's the the future very healthy for Bloodstock. I think it's been you know the, the stuff that Vicky and that do they are very you know, very good. They, they understand what to do and understand their audience, and they're in the crowd with these with these with everybody beautiful. as well like it's beautiful it's a beautiful I've, plenty of times I, I've, I've seen these people watching bands not at the side of stage where they could do not in the photo pit where they could do in, in actually I don't know if that happens with download you know I don't know mm. if it necessarily does and that's maybe something that you know that they, they've maybe lost you know do you see that do you, do you view that as, an, as a musician or as a promoter or do you see it kind of somewhere in, in between those two when you watch when you go to festivals do you have your promoters head on or your musicians head on or to be honest uh, I could sound like a bit of a jerk saying this but <laughs> I've been at download I just felt bitter thinking really yeah. Yeah, why aren't you guys at the local venues I felt like saying something single mm. one of them but I wouldn't see you in the boulevard I wouldn't see you at the Zandibar mm. I wouldn't be seen dead at a jacaranda like, right 
well, you can call it poser fest. I was like, I'm 27, so I like a bitter old cunt, but honestly, <laughs> so, annoyed me. Uh, one of the things that was important for, for me to get across, certainly with the Metal yeah. to the Masses, was that there is a, there is a route, a route, a journey. So mm. by that I mean, you're in a young band, you've got a collection of songs and some music that you really like, and you really want to play this and get this out there. How do I go from that, and as ridiculous as it sounds, to headline and bloodstock? Mm. Okay, let's break down the journey. And I think the great thing that Metal to the Masters does is it, it that gives you an actual journey. Look at Evil Scarecrow, mm. for example. Which so you Deified. Yeah, exactly, Deified, a perfect example. Um, you know, ten, ten Ton Slug, all that type of slug, all that type of stuff. You think, you play the show, there's like normally four or five heats, you win that heat, uh, you go to the main show, you win that final, you play on the unsigned tent, and you do great there and you know, work with the people there and, and, and not be a dickhead, quite simply. Then you make your way onto Sophie and you make your way onto and that, that that's a very <clears throat> real route. Tough, you know, it's tough and it requires a lot of work, but it's a route. Mm. How do I play download? I didn't you know? I didn't notice there was a competition, I think. Is that I can't is I, there? I'm, a good I, I'm gonna have to have a look because I need to back her up and see if it but I I mean I consider myself part of is it called that? Something like download takeover or the takeover stage or something, something like that. Yeah. I'll have to have a look because I don't I'm, I'll be honest, I don't know enough about it. I probably should do some work. It's the one for Hellfest and, and some of the, the, the European festivals. Yeah. I'm going to have to have a look at that because that's what I'm big on is going, what's the journey? You know what I mean? So what's the the, the next stages? You talk about you know, independent festivals as well. You know, mm. The Badger Fest as well. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. I was there myself last year. Mm. That's one of the bigger and bigger. Fair play to John yeah. for doing it. Yeah, it's like if I could say to you, you could play the first Bloodstock, you'd be like, yeah, I could. But you're only saying that now because... Well, you know, people say, exactly, yeah. Well, these things only get big if you play them. Badger Fest a perfect example. Of that, like, but yeah. now it's going on the whole weekend. Yeah, because the needs of it have just, you know, they've grown with that, mm-hmm. like, you know, so that's the perfect example. And so it's interesting to me that some people say that there isn't venues. There is. There just is. So I love that at Badger Fest. Oh, I was there. I was like, you're from Prognosis. You're from <laughs> You're from Clash Me. I know you guys. You're from 40,000. You're from... Hey, you're from, you know what I mean? Yeah, all yeah. Musicians come together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still to me the most. They're all trying to, like, you know, we all have the, you know, there's, a, there's this thing that, you know, <clears throat> you're taking my spot and yeah. you're, and, and it's just fucking nonsense. It's just not, if you, you can have, like, like, how the fuck do we get a big four if they can't all share the same world and play mm-hmm. the same music? We can't get there. Mm-hmm. How do we get to sort of, you know, Machine Head and like we said, Machine Head, Sabotori, Kills for the all those kinds of going. If it's good, it's just fucking good. Mm. You're not taking that. So support those people around you, you know, it's absolutely key. Absolutely yeah. key. There's, there's no other way this moves forward. You know, no other way metal moves forward. Like, you know, and if I'm wrong, and if, if what we're talking about is wrong, you know, feel free to, to message and feel free to put, your, you know, what you, you think. But I think as always, Ollie's, you know, some strong views across, I think. But yeah, but it's fair. I think they're fair. I don't think they're controversial at all. The truth is, that some of these pe- things people don't want to hear. Why do we solve the scene? Go to more fucking shows. Mm. You know, that, that, that's job one. Do you go to enough shows? No. There you go. And people don't necessarily always like to hear that. They think that there's some other way of doing it. Realistically, it's it's boots on the ground. It's just fucking people getting out there and going to show. Got a show coming up on Sunday. I'm going to. Don't know any of the bands. Don't know anybody on there. I know that it's a metal show and there's going to be metal that I enjoy on there. Not trying to get backdoor it by saying no. Oh, do you know why I'm running that bollocks? Just I'm paying. Paid before. Clicked that I'm going and not interested on 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 Facebook and all that. And I was I was putting these things across as that 
the fact that I have to fucking tell people to do this, and six, it's unbelievable. Do you find that as a promoter, that the the dreaded Facebook promotion is fucking ever present? That people go, oh yeah, I'll I'll just click interested, and you got like three hundred and fifty thousand people interested, and six go. I think there's yeah. a general rule of thumb now. I think about a third of. You do the math, like, yeah. It seems to be a general rule. If I've got a hundred, I may maybe thirty or forty. You're gonna go, yeah, including the bands, which is quite grim, but yeah. And I just think that that's it. It's that like kind of almost slacktivism with music. It's like, well, I'll put them going, and somehow I've almost been, or I'm almost supporting the scene. Yes, just so you know, if you put uh, you you click an interest on a show, and if I do this, I think I've done it on a couple where I've had to change it to going, so I didn't get called out on this, mm. but. And if you do see me doing this, please send me a message. You need to put going to a show. And, and if you are actually going, go. And that seems like an incredible thing to say to someone. If you say you're going to go to a show, fucking go. Mm. You know, because the thing that comes from that is the promoter gets an idea of how many people are going to be there. It, it does become a balancing act because you're already... That gig's done in many ways before it's even advertised. You're looking at the next shows. If you know you you're getting a following, you can start putting the groundwork in for the next yeah. shows. You know. I can all this year. I've got the likes of my witch tripper playing, all consumed. Mm. Sort of like you know, good re- you know headliners. You know. Mm. I want to take it further down, but I got to think: is there enough following in the local area? Yeah. Now, can I get the likes of Eve, Evil Scarecrow on? Yeah. So you're talking to someone who is uh, going to want to be a promoter. So yeah. I'm sitting there listening to this now and going, you know what? I don't agree with what Ali says. I want to put this night on. I think these bands are great. I want to, t- I want to do something else. I don't like what the scene is around me. I want to put these on. I don't think this is doing... But I want to do my own promotion. What would you say to them? How, how do you start becoming a promoter and what would you say? Just do it. <laughs> yeah, just get yeah. off your arse and do it. It'd be a starting point, yeah. Speak to a few venues. I've fought outside the box. Mm. Found a labour club in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Somehow it worked. You know, think outside the box again. Yeah. Understand it is going to be hard at first, you know. Just, one friend's in Leeds, you know, Ryan, he's just started his new promotions, you know, scrap promotions. Mm. I think he's identified a gap in the market. Yeah. Similar thing, he's found a pub that's not really putting much music on. You, see, you know, the Fox and Newton Leeds, that okay. works well. The idea is, you know, scrap promotions, too heavy to weigh. <laughs> scrap, yeah. <laughs> So the idea is going to be alternative, not necessarily metal. So okay. Bits of punk, bits of yeah. hard rock, metal, death metal, mm. rap, whatever. Yeah. Not necessarily rap, but... <laughs> yeah, but, but just kind of, yeah, independent stuff as well. I'm like trying it. to build a brand as well. Mm. That's what I'm trying to do. I've yeah. metal for Wigan. Yeah. That's what we, we should have yeah. said. Sorry, I should have plugged that along. It's, it's, so do you, how do you want it to be called? It's heavy metal... And heavy metal for Wigan. And heavy metal for Wigan. As in you know justice for all. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly on it. So, yeah, it's like, you know, that's cool. So if you are looking up, that's what you're looking up for, Ollie. Certainly, if you're in uh, travelling distance, as we said, <laughs> you, you need to be getting to these shows. I, I promised Ollie I'm going to turn up for any shows. Now I have to, because I've done it and it's recorded, so I have to go now. Um, and... It's just been nice to sit down with you all, to be honest with you. As always, straight shooting, get to the point, and we, you know, we, 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 I think we've given some people some nice things to talk about there. And I'll no doubt I will have you on again with the Tanamir, almost certainly. In here. Uh, in here, as we're playing, yeah. Um, but no, as always, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll no doubt the next time we'll see each other will be at shows. Like Thank God, it. like, yeah. Um, but no, t- thanks for sitting down with us uh, and doing time. Ollie came, as with most of the, the people I talked to, came from work to, to do this. Still he's still suit. still in a suit, uh, you know what I mean? Which is fabulous that the guy's in his work clothes, but he's in this room that's like ready for war, you know? I love that. Um, so thanks for sitting down with us. I really enjoyed that. That was, uh, yeah, it was great.
So that was a little sit down there with Ollie and Ollie Gonzalez, you know, promoter, musician, metalhead, you know, and 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 that's the you know that's the the long and the short of it. Like the guy is a huge, uh, you know, proponent of of live music. He's doing everything he can in his power to kind of give bands a platform and put great shows on. And it's that type of person that I'm I've been speaking to recently. The previous one with Matt, uh, the new one coming up with with Xander and Grant. We're going to be starting talking about this as well, and only because it's the things that people want to know. What, how do I promote and and all that type of thing? Like we covered that as well, and you know, I think that that's that's the the key thing here is show people a journey and a route that they can do if they want to support. Everybody always goes, you know, it's slacktivism, isn't it? It's like I said in the podcast. It's it's like you think that liking a band just clicking like is really 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 helping them. It's 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 not slacktivism. You have to go out and actually affect change and actually go to shows and and buy merch and do these things you have to do that and um, otherwise it doesn't happen it just doesn't happen and we, like i said we covered a lot of that in the podcast and it's probably going to be a theme we'll, we'll go back to until we can start creating a, a journey and a route map if you will for people to support metal but thanks for listening um, i hope you enjoyed the show and i hope you get some things from these shows i'm certainly enjoying doing them i meet a ton of new friends and metalheads and throwing up a whole load of opportunities because of this podcast which i'm very very grateful for so as always I'll see you at the show.